now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom with us to navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly, whether you are a pilot or a passenger, which has basically uh, covered the base for Dennis and I over the last week or so, because we I've been flying a lot. And I, you've been racking up quite the uh, frequent flyer miles as well, right, Dennis? Yeah, that's. I had uh, both combination of work and family trips this week that necessitated actually taking the airlines instead of the Mooney. So yeah. I think I've eaten more meals in the Sky Club than I have in my house this week. I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm definitely uh, taking advantage of the amenities that you get with the Delta Reserve card or whatever it is it gets me into the sky club because i'm I'm right there with you i was out on the left coast for a diving event and then i had to fly back to orlando and turn it around in less than 24 hours and fly to another place on the east coast i was so i was like flying like a maniac especially over a uh two-day period I, I i spent more time in the airport than i did at home for sure and uh you know that can get a bit trying at times i will say uh all the airports I uh, went to, which included Atlanta, LAX, Orlando, uh, Norfolk, Virginia as well, man, they were jamming. <laughs> was I, I don't know that I have ever seen that many people at the airport. It's definitely right there at uh, peak levels uh, from what I oh, remember. What about you? Every flight I was on was completely full. There was not an open seat. Yeah. So, I mean, even the Sky Clubs were backed up, and they were limiting how many people could get into the Sky Clubs. Luckily, I hit them all at the right time, and it, I had a very short wait, and it didn't uh, affect my uh, time in the club to get my free drinks and whatever else I needed to do to to navigate the chaos. But it was nice to escape the crowds in the Sky Club. I mean, you only got to do a couple trips like that. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people think, oh, God, it costs so much money to have access to that kind of stuff. But it makes the difference between having a pleasant experience and one that you can uh, navigate fairly easy and uh, one that just you want to pull your hair out. And by the time you're done with your travel, yeah, you need another vacation or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, not to mention you have uh, access to customer service agents, uh, you know, that are more or less dedicated to the Sky Club people. So if you decide that, you don't want to take the eight o'clock flight out of Nashville back to Fort Myers because you only have a 30 minute layover. You can talk to them about getting standby on the four o'clock right. and they'll actually get you listed on the flight and tell you what your how many seats are open and work with you, yeah. which is much more convenient than trying to talk to gate agents or bouncing around the terminal to try to find somebody. Well, that is true. That is true. I was flying Delta and uh, they, they uh, did quite well. And, uh, and I'll, I'll give them props. I didn't have the Delta one lay down seats, but you know, your typical first class and it was fine. Everything was on time despite the crowds. That's what, that's what I was really worried about that. I was going to get to the airports and I was going to run into problems, especially when I saw the crowds backed up in security, but you know, I zipped right through because I had a TSA pre and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it worked out okay for me, but, but then I saw the news report about what Delta pilots are being paid right now. 
which literally they said 700 grand a year. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. Now, now Tom, uh, Tom is a retired commercial airline pilot. Uh, when you see those kind of stories, uh, does your mouth water like, like maybe I should get back in it or, you know, because you retired a couple of years ago, right? It's been two years now or how long? Uh, what do you think? It's coming up on, it's coming up on four years. Four actually, years. Uh, okay. Yeah, does I that know. 700 grand seem, seem a little high to you? It, it seems it's right where it belongs. Okay. Well, that, that, that's, that's a good answer. <laughs> well spoken. <laughs> he obviously has friends still in the biz. And, and you know, no, I'm, not mean, gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that's too high. But I will say, I was quite surprised to hear that they were being paid that much. I was like, oh, I figured, you know, a, a veteran pilot at Delta or any of the big three, United, uh, you know, all of them, uh, American. I would expect, you know, a half mil, four hundred, but seven hundred. I'm like, geez, is that, is that all supply and demand type of situations, or what do you think, Tom? Well, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's uh, supply and demand, and uh, the pilot shortage. And you know, it's and it's been in the coming down for years and years. All those years that that heck, my first four years of my previous way back airline before we merged, merged, and merged. You were paying you know, them to work, right? <laughs> yeah, as a seven thirty seven captain, I didn't I didn't make a, a hundred grand until like my fourth and fifth year. I right. mean, I was. The first year I was making like twenty one thousand year flying an MD eighty between LaGuardia, Boston, and Newark, and then then I made seven three cap. I just barely broke fifty grand. And mm-hmm. we're flying mm-hmm. around in a, you know, a sixty million dollar airplane. Now fast forward to twenty twenty, and now I mean a, a new triple seven's three hundred million dollars. You got three hundred plus people responsibility, and it, and you you put twenty thirty forty years into your career, so. Yeah, you know, we're worth every darn penny of it. Well, I, I I would not argue with that. I was just uh, surprised to hear it was that high, and uh, maybe it's been a long time coming. I don't know. But, uh, I, you know, that supply and demand issue is obviously having an effect. And uh, I assume uh, Delta pilots, uh, they're at the cream of the crop right now with all, everybody. Is that right? Or do you know, Tom? Well, we're we're the same. Uh, United, Delta, and American. We're all within just a few hours of each other. Is the it same okay? Benefits, uh, you know, four hundred one pension plans, B fund match, and everything. We're all pretty comfortably up there the same. Right, but when you see uh, you know paydays like that, uh, that has to look pretty attractive to people seeing this on the news. Like, hey, you know, maybe I ought to be a uh, an airline pilot if they're getting paid like that. Oh, geez. I mean, how long do you think it'd take you to get up to that level? What, at least 10 years? Or what, well, how oh, much oh, time? At least 10 years. But right now, like Delta and my ex-company United, you're holding captain within two years, not not on a wide body, but you're holding, uh, a, let's see, Delta right now, you can hold 757 out of JFK your second year. And you're already up to 350-ish, you know, give or take right around there. Well, I mean, chump change right there. That's, 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 that's good. About. Yeah, and Dennis, you have your son, Austin. He's in the pipeline right now, right? That's correct, yeah. He's busy flying the Learjets at the moment, and he's, you know, he's looking at all these numbers as well and looking at, you know, what's the next logical move in his career. Right. I mean, heck, I, I actually have to go and take a look and see, you know, maybe did I make the right decision years ago at this point, you know? Uh, you know, I love my job. I've got a great employer and everything, but you know, you, you start to wonder, but back, back in 1989, when I got out of the air force, you know, they were paying less than $8,000 a year for you to be the first officer at a commuter airline 
if you could even get the job because they were so saturated with pilots coming out of the military right. that, you know, it didn't make sense for me, which is how I wound up in an IT career. Yeah. But, you know, now things are changing that people are coming into professional aviation already in their 50s. Right. Yeah. And, and matter of fact, Tom, even as uh, you have a couple students that are doing just that, and how old are they? Well, I got... Two guys, a guy and a girl, they're, they're going to be husband and wife here eventually. She's a flight attendant with Spirit, and her name is Kim. And uh, Wade, uh, he, ex-veteran from the military, he's got 20-plus years. And so they're both 55, 57 years old. Hmm. They're both going to get into the – they just uh, they signed up with me. They had to get their private pilot through me first. Right. Once they get their private, they're going to go to uh, Polk County in Lakeland, get their two-year degree in aeronautical uh, science. And then under Part 141, they're going to get paid from the VA benefits and stuff like that. So they're getting covered for his flight training. About so, that. Say right now, so they'll both be commercial ATPs by the time they're 60. Yeah. So just, And it's, they're going to change it from 60 to 65 to 67 here in, in a, just a matter of time. Once you get... Uh, well, they, nice. they get a five-year plan, and then once they get it, they'll cash in for a few years and retire and have plenty of money to travel the world, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. So each one will get at least five to seven years, and so combine it, they're going to get you know 10 to 14 years combined income as the airline pilots. They'll be, uh, by the time they're 67, they're going to be doing great. They'll they're going to be rolling in the dough. They're going to be the friends that you want to make friends with. You hear what I'm Absolutely. saying? Exactly. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up on Just Playing Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Airplane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Increase altitude. Increase altitude. Stall. 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 You can always go around. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along. Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew. You can always go around if you don't like what you're looking at uh, for landing. Or, you know, maybe you should play this song if uh, you know, your emotions are getting the best of you. I guess that was the case with this uh, United pilot that the audio has come out, uh, come out of. Uh, well, it was out online, what, last week or the week before, Dennis? What happened? Yeah, it was exactly? about a week or so ago. Apparently, uh, San Francisco was having some issues and sent the same United Airlines 737 around twice oh. for the same problem. They kept clearing an airplane onto the runway while he was on final. Ah, so, you know, if they would have played that song. Yeah, maybe uh, he would have been in a better mood about it. It would have diffused his emotions because he got a little hot, I guess, with the ATC uh, uh, guy. Is that what happened? Well, yeah, and I, I think it was justified. I mean, when you look at the transcript of it, you know, they sent him around the first time. Okay, you, you get one. Right. But when they did it again, he's he came back on. It's like, hey, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, this is going to be reported. It will, we'll blame approach. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. approach's fault. Because so he, you know, he checks in with approach. And says, hey, what's going on? It's like, I don't know. We have no control over it. They, you know, so... There was a lot of finger pointing back and forth as to who it was. Was it the tower cab? Was it the approach? But mm-hmm. either way, very frustrating. And I know it was for the passengers in the back because it's, you know, another 10 minutes, at least uh, 10 to 15 minutes to do another lap in the pattern with a, with an airliner. Right. So, you know, they, that brings them a half hour late. They're upset. They're, you know, they want to get off the plane. They've been on for several hours. So Yeah. Well, you have that option. And it's always good to know you are a pilot in command, but you don't want to be told that you have to be. You have to go around, uh, especially if it's because they misjudge something on their end and that kind of twice. thing. Twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what about you, Tom? You ever had that happen? I mean, you've been told you had to go around before twice on the actually, same approach. When, uh, actually, I did twice in uh, Las Vegas. Really? Uh, yeah. They had a one time. It was just a shift change for ATC uh, coming around there to switch around and uh I'm, I'm coming on down on the switch over the tower. Nobody's answering me. Nobody's answering me. I say, hey, you know, you know, at the time, we're kind of like, kind of, we clear land. Nobody answered me. Well, mm. and I could see Southwest out there. So we, I went around and then I come back around again. And it's then uh, kind of the same story. Then had Southwest is coming out on the runway. Well, nobody was talking on ground frequency. Nobody was talking there. Anyways, like I said, it was a shift change. So I ended up going around twice. And, uh, mm. and again, it was, it was really nobody's. Or was this a change of a uh, you know shift change between five o'clock and six o'clock coming around and right? Uh, the good thing is that uh, you might get a little hotter. We were actually early, and so we went to go around. The thing is, though, it cost the company. Yeah, the price got a little irritated, but we still got there. Our, our, our arrival time was on schedule, but the cost of company, you know, fuel wise, that cost sure. an extra six seven hundred hours in fuel going around. I guess so. That's the big the big thing for well, yeah, and plus if uh, if you end up do. Uh coming late to the gate i mean that's kind of on the pilot a little bit too isn't it don't you get yeah. bonuses for being on time and stuff yeah like i said we we were i believe we were coming in from newark or houston so we were early in it we were like 
you know, 25, 30 minutes early. So right. actually, by instead of getting there 25 minutes early, we got there right on time. So right. it took about an extra 25 minutes for two go rounds. It, it happens. It happens. It's, it wasn't that unusual, but, uh, you know, something now, if you're doing an overseas flight and you're doing like Hong Kong or Mumbai or Tel Aviv or something like that, it's a long flight. When you get down there, you go around and talk in a wide body airplane. Now you're getting in the critical fuel state at some time. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. That would be and, an issue. Point, first time you go around, well, well, shame, shame on you. Second time you say, Hey, I'm, I'm coming I'm, in, whether I'm, you like it or not. Yeah. Wheels well, hot. Well, exactly. The runway, I'm coming in hot. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you say low fuel size, we're coming in now. And uh, it's, it's not like we're not asking, like, you know, we're coming in, we're landing. You know, yeah. Well, you've got, you know, some, something on the runway block, maybe we're landing because sometimes we don't have that fuel to, to fart around with. Yeah. Well, that, now, now that. Tom, as an airline pilot, you're paid from the minute that the, you push back until you set the chocks, right? So have you ever thought about going around just to pad the paycheck mm, every month? There's well, that. Not, not on purpose, but that's getting ready to bring it up. You kind of read my mind there. <laughs> we are paid by the minute. So if you're running ahead of schedule like we were going into Vegas, so we landed on schedule, I didn't get paid extra. Now, if you go around, if you're getting there right, you pushed on time, mm-hmm. and you're getting ready to land on time, but now you're 15, 20 minutes late. Well, that's an extra twenty minutes of pay on your uh, on your you know your total time for the month. So well, yeah, it's up to your advantage, but uh, yeah, it's know, one it, half dozen of the other. I mean, in this it, case, where the guy got hot under the collar because of having to go around twice, it could have been another issue. Like he was expecting to be able to hit the restroom as soon as they landed, or probably. something like that, or you know, and was holding it only so much. He's like, "Doggone it." You know, yeah. My wife know. is in the background. The first officer probably had a hot date, so he well, okay. Yeah, there's. Uh, well, it is San Francisco, so yeah. you never know. Yeah, well, you never know. Can Double it, your chances for a date, right? San Francisco, <laughs> Vegas, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's gonna good times, maybe. But anyway, yeah, something to to take into account. Uh, and you know, it doesn't really affect uh, us. I, I do love it though when you're flying. And and I'm always looking at the watch, like, okay, are we going to get off on time? And then, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, you're always like, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes late when it starts pulling away. But, oh, we're going to make the time up in the air. And then it never fails. You know, we're right on time or a little bit early. And they, they filter in that, or, you know, that cushion uh, to help uh, in that regard, I guess. Is that right, Tom? What do you think? Yeah, that's very true. Like, a good example, like, say, uh to say New York to LA, it's you know it's blocked for six hours, you know, from you know, say twelve o'clock to three o'clock third time, six hour flight. Yeah, but it's really only like a five hour and ten minute flight. Mm-hmm. So they know you're going to sit on the runway. You're probably number eighteen for takeoff out of Kennedy or Newark or something like that. So they allow for about twenty to thirty minutes, and depending on your arrival time, especially going into SoCal, uh, LA, and uh, during rush hour, you might get some vectored around. So. The algorithms in a computer system, the airlines got it down pretty well, Pat. They're usually within, they're accurate within a minute or two. So, but they allow, they give you the extra cushion or they block time is usually 45 minutes to an hour later to, and then sometimes when everything goes just right, you push on time, no delays, you'll get there 45 minutes early. And, and, and inevitably you'll get the passenger back in 26A. Well, I, we're here 45 minutes early. Now I got to wait for my limo. So you, <laughs> 
can't please anybody. It, well, you or you get early. What I love is like, oh, they, we arrived uh, early. Uh, that's the good news. Ben's uh, bad news is the gate's not going to be ready for us to uh, pull up if for another fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, you know, and, and that happens a lot. Too. Yeah, it does. And uh, uh, but but yeah, valuable real estate. So you get airplanes. That you we got to push out of there on time because we got an arrival coming and landing eight minutes from now. We got to push from the gate in three minutes. If you get delayed, and then a arrival flight's making a connection to say overseas to Honolulu to Tahiti or something like that. Everything has to work just right. It, right, and you can't play that card. Like, hey, I gotta go. I'm yeah. the pilot. I gotta go now. Hurry yeah. up. Let me out of this thing. All right, yeah. that, that doesn't work. I don't think. All right, more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You graduated at the top of your class with honors. And we're enrolled in pilot school. But then your mommy got sick and you had to take other jobs to make ends meet. I mean, it must have been really hard being up there slinging V8 juice when you should have been captain of the ship. What is this? Somebody enrolled somebody back into pilot school. So what do you say we quit that dead-end job you're in and put your mommy in a real nice home, something with 24-hour care on me? And not one of them Bangham and Binham joints. Something really nice. It would be nice to go back to pilot school. <laughs> yeah. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew. As we navigate the latest aviation news and information, kind of focused more on commercial flying uh, this week, just because Dennis and I, in particular, have been flying more than we probably should. We got to fly in our private planes more, I'll tell you that much. But I will say, surprisingly, I think for both of us, the, the experience was better than we both expected. Uh, I didn't have any problems, no delays. You know, service was good, despite the numbers at the airport was insane. Uh, but while I was traveling, uh, this press release came out, or uh, this other news story that Dennis 
uh, brought to my attention because he just feels one way and I feel the opposite. And that is about reclining well, and I'm right. <laughs> your seats. Well, according to some idiot who says that you can't recline your economy seat without being a jerk. And I think that's just nonsense. If your seat well, reclines, I think it is your right to recline the seat. Uh, that's you know you know you you only do it when you're supposed to. You don't do it early. You don't do it during takeoff. You you, you don't like jerk it back and and injure the person behind you if they have their seat. But this whole thing about the what, what was it a lady or a, a company that put out this etiquette uh, thing? What was it? It's this? the Protocol School of Texas. And Nonsense doesn't at- exist. <laughs> And they're looking at it from an etiquette standpoint, you right. know, and the FAA has been mandated by Congress to come up with a minimum standard for seat spacing. Right. They still haven't done that yet, and they won't have it done for the summer flying season. So yep. in the meantime, the etiquette experts are saying, don't recline your economy seat. And this is the first time I've actually had to fly in economy seats in a long time, because normally I'm able to you know, upgrade because of status and whatnot. And, right. you know, using the same American Express card you have, uh, you know, that gives you some perks. Yeah, yeah. But I had to fly standby coming home from Nashville this week because mm-hmm. I didn't want to make a 30-minute connection in, in Atlanta at 11 p.m. Okay. So, and, and I understand uh, you know, that. I get it. Uh, but, but Dennis, now what I would say, now you got carriers like Spirit, uh, Frontier, that have seats that don't recline. A Legionnaire, they, their seats don't recline. And, and, you know, you pay for what you get in that regard, and the seats don't recline. Obviously, you can't recline them, and, and that makes sense. But if you're flying on Delta, United, or American, and you're in an economy, and your seat reclines, I don't and see you how— my knees, your well, seat does not recline Your anymore. knee, you got too long a knees. That's on you. That's not on the guy. I mean, I, I, not on the per- person sitting in the chair. They have the if perfectly good right. If you want two right. knees in the back of your chair, go ahead and recline. You're not going to enjoy it, and I know I'm not going to well, enjoy it. Well, I, I just think that, you know, once again, uh, it, it it shouldn't be that you should not recline your chair. I mean, you, you want to be but nice honestly, about it. honestly, do you need to recline your chair? No, yeah. you don't. If you're t- that chair is very comfortable sitting upright. It's Wrong! Not a- if I wanted a chair that didn't recline, I would, recline, I would fly on one of the cheaper airlines. Or- or the Delta one with the laydown bed. That well, the, one you can recline. Yeah, but if you if you're flying on an airline on an airplane that has a seat that reclines an economy, I think it is perfectly uh, legal and, and there's okay. no etiquette issue at we, all. As long as you don't jerk back real quick. Referee. Okay, we, we need get a, the impartial referee. All right, we so have RV a, Tom. a airline flight attendant. That is going to weigh in on this discussion. All right, Nanette, yeah. you're on. She's just witches. I got to go ahead. Absolutely, yeah. you can recline your seat. Yes, thank so you, sure Nanette. You can, I love but you. You shouldn't. <laughs> no, you should. I mean, it's that's your right. That's what you, that exactly. Seat. Pay for the seat, the route, and the yep. space underneath your seat. Yep. And it doesn't pitch that far back to begin with. And proper etiquette would be if somebody was eating behind you. I would jerk the seat exactly. while that person's having a meal, but yeah. that's etiquette on the person who's on the seat itself. But yeah, every time I travel, even for two hours, I can't stay upright. You know, people have back problems. They need to recline that seat. So you need better posture. No, you don't. 
costume. I don't even <laughs> find my seat after four, five, six, seven, eight hours in a seat. Okay, Judge Nanette has spoken, Dennis, and I am going to take that as <laughs> a win. <laughs> you would not win on my airplane. Sorry. <laughs> uh, she's talking to you, Dennis. Listen up. That's right. We would be throwing you off real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I uh, understand you want to be uh, nice about it. And once again, like she even said, you don't jerk your seat back. You know, uh, or anything like that, and you try to be aware of maybe of who's behind you, but but you shouldn't feel guilty for put putting your seat back if that's what you paid for. Whether it's economy, I, 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 uh, I had a ten whatever. hour flight, and I uh, and the person was having dinner behind, and the lady said to me, "Would you ask the person behind me if they could bring their seat up so that way for dinner?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. So I said, "Would you mind during dinner if you just bring your seat up right, and then you can recline it after that?" And they were. They were fine of with course, it. exactly. Yeah. And I've seen the same thing. They even make an announcement sometimes in yeah. that regard. So you you want to be considerate in that regard, but to sit there and act like, well, you don't have a right to recline your seat or you're the jerk for doing it when you paid for it, that uh, that irks me. That, that's too much, I think. And I think uh, the judge has spoken, Dennis, so you lose in this one. You are a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when you travel on Spirit, yeah, people actually break the seats so they can recline them. Really, you'll yep. see seats. Yeah, you'll see seats that are not like upright. Yeah, most of them are all upright, uh-huh. and then you'll see seats that have a slight pitch to them. And I watch people; they'll actually keep on pushing on the back seat so they can break the mechanism inside the seat back so they can get it reclined. Wow. Oh uh, yeah, because they they've been modified so they're not supposed to recline on exactly. those particular planes. Yeah, but you know, like on other uh, flights, I've I've flown on on uh, Frontier, for instance, and they have these kind of weird modular type seats that don't recline. They're actually quite comfortable. Uh, don't get me wrong; I, I'm not knocking them in that regard, but they don't recline. And you know, and you, you kind of get what you pay for. And if if you buy that and you want to go on the cheap, and your seats don't recline, yeah, that's that's how it is. But if you got a seat that you paid for, it reclines, whether it's economy, you know, economy premium or first class or whatever. I don't think it matters. I think you, you should just be nice about it, but don't feel you know, don't give us this guilt trip, Dennis. That's what I feel you're doing. You're trying to make me feel guilty for reclining my seat that and I you paid should for. Be. No, that monitor in the seat back. It's at eye level. And when you recline it, now all of a sudden, this the monitor's in my lap. I've got to look down. And I'm looking- Actually not. It pivots. Yeah, see, no. Dennis? In your not face. In the com- yes. Not in the Comfort <laughs> Plus seats. It Here's does. what you do, Dennis. Why you recline <laughs> your seat back, you son of a... Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, What do you think, Tom? You have been, been noticeably quiet. Do you care to take a side? <laughs> no, because well, the captain's chair doesn't <laughs> recline. <laughs> you, know, you do, Dennis. I'm, I'm not trying to size here, but you do pay. You pay for that. You pay for every client seat. Part of your package. That's part of your. That's uh, your privilege. That's what you paid for. That's a privilege you yeah. get. Yeah, but you don't I want mean, to recline. You go on a super. I, I get that. Fire. If I recline and then you recline, we both have the same amount of space. The problem is if I'm trying to use my seat back i've got my laptop or my ipad on the table and you recline i just lost my usable space so that's what bothers me yeah it's you know your knees my knees are in your seat back and i don't have my trade table at the you know that i can use anymore because 
half the space is gone because you reclined. Well, I got to say, I, I don't think I've ever had an instance where I reclined it's my a seat. a 38-minute flight from Nashville to Atlanta. You're well, then, really but I've never had a recline. situation where someone had put their knees in my back because they, they, like, well, they didn't like the fact that I reclined the seats. And if they did, I'd turn around and smack them upside the head. Who the hell do you think you are? You know who I am? Well, despite Remember, that, don't school of Texas bother me. says that you're wrong. Yeah, okay. They doesn't exist. I think they're relatives of Dennis, is my guess. <laughs> More coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. This test today, it's important. I got it. I'm going to make you look good up there. Don't worry. Okay, now let's get these pants off and fly some planes. I'm learning to fly around the clouds. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom. And Judge Nanette, who just ruled against Dennis on who is allowed to recline their seat on a commercial airliner. And uh, she says, uh, if you if you paid for it, you have the right to recline. Uh, just be, you know, aware and nice about it. And uh, just for the record, Dennis and I are actually going to be flying together uh, to Oshkosh. Uh, and we're flying commercial. But just so there's no arguments, he's flying in economy, and I'm flying first class, so I don't have to hear him bitch when I recline my seat in front of him. <laughs> what do you think the odds are, Greg, that I'm going to be in the first row behind first class? And Zero. Zero. I have, I've already made sure that my seat assignment is far away from you as possible, because I don't want you to get upset at me. I'll let you get upset at someone else. You know, I can, no, I'm just going to go and turn the vents on, all of them aimed at your Oh, head. yeah, that's the other technique I've heard. <laughs> I, you know, I would imagine that whole thing with reclining seats is one of the, you know, it's becoming more and more of a, a sticky point for people if they recline back and, and they are a tall person and they start complaining like, hey, you know, I have no space and or whatever. And, and you know, it, it could escalate quickly and people have uh, short fuses. I don't know if that's what sets people off. But Nanette said something during the uh, commercial break when I mentioned that. She said, oh, well, that is the thing. But the one thing that really gets people upset is if you're sitting in the middle seat and who controls the armrests. And that's that will cause a fight on a plane. <laughs> Have you ever, How do you feel about that, Dennis? What do you think? Uh, my thought is if you got stuck with the middle seat, both armrests are yours. Really? End of discussion. Well, because everybody else You've got elbow room on the side, so yep. the guy in the middle's got nothing. So yeah. I would, I would, I would uh, agree with that to a certain extent. Uh, what about you, RV Tom? What do you say? I got the judge right here. Hold okay. On. Well, I, I wanted you to take a side, <laughs> and then we let her judge all three of us. What do Again, you say? There's no middle row Captain, seat in the front. He closes the door. He has no idea. The only thing he cares about is going from point A to point B safely. The say. flight attendants are in control of the back of the aircraft. Well, they're okay. Yeah. All right. Judge yeah. Nanette has spoken. Again, and, and so. you do have. If you sit in the middle seat, you do have both armrests. They are yours. Gotcha. That, All right. And, yeah, and, and I think that makes sense. Now, I will say, when I've had that situation, I I let the middle person pick 
like where they want to position their elbows. They may be towards the back of the armrest or towards the front. And if there's a, you know, leftover real estate, I might take over, like, you know, one edge of the middle thing if I if I need some, you know, lenience. As long as I don't touch the person, I don't, I'm not going to touch them. But if they're not using it, I may take it. What do you think, Dennis? Well, what about the position of the armrests? So they're down, right? But if you're in the middle seat, do you get the choice of if you want them up to give yourself some more room? Or are you encroaching on your neighbor now by retracting the armrest? Oh, uh, yeah, they got to be down. Sprung? Unless you know the, cheeks, the person, they got to be down. into the other space. I, I think they got to be down. What do you think, uh, say, Tom? This is quite a discussion. I didn't expect to get into this today, but we're going to solve the world's, uh, you know, commercial flying issues today on Just cool. Plane Radio. Again, have to be down for takeoff and landing. Okay, they always got for takeoff and landing, but then but that's once only you, the aisle armrest. What about the middle seat, though? They don't have to be down. All of, All of them, yeah. Because I, I've only heard on the on the takeoff announcements that the aisle armrests must be in their lowered positions. Well, no, not, we don't even make that announcement. Just all we have to do that as a walkthrough. So Dennis is hearing things, uh, Judge Nanette. So he's, he's paid. I at least pay attention to the safety briefing <laughs> on the video. I'm not just and watching adding my your own little really instructions. Armrest up, and especially <laughs> if somebody's sitting next to you that's taking most of your seat. You want that armrest down? Heck yeah, that's right. That's the border. That that's the line. Right, you don't pass. don't cross the streams, kind of thing. There. I mean, yeah. you know, that's what the what, what the armrest is there is a is is a border. If you get someone in the middle seat that's uh, overly large and they uh, pop the uh, pop that thing and invade your space, oh hell no, oh hell no, uh, that ain't gonna go this for me personally, Greg. <laughs> Well, once again, it explains why I, I always go for the upgrades. And I, you won't find me in a middle seat, first off, for sure. But I, I don't think I've had too many situations where I've had a problem uh, like that. Now, RV Tom, what do you think? Do you side with Nanette on that? Like uh, armrests always down if you're a middle seater? Or what do you yeah, think? I can I agree with my wife and Dennis on that. Arm, the seat always down in the middle seat. Yeah. There. I mean, you're being cramped as it is. You've got to have a little bit of pleasure on that flight. So, yeah, yeah. armrests down. And once you, the, like I said, once the passenger is uh, someone pleasing to the eye, and uh, you know you want to get a little cozy, cozy. Well, guy. that's yeah. I guess that's on you. As long that's as true. your wife isn't the flight attendant on right, the flight. Exactly. Ah, yes. Yeah. There's that issue. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we had that story a few weeks ago where you know the lady who was uh, upset about the airlines not making the seats big enough, and she was uh, more on the quote unquote husky side. And saying that she felt discriminated she against. She was a person of size. Yes. And and that's fine. I, I get it. But guess what? You know, that's on you, too. You, you know, if you, if you are going to have those type of issues and you book a middle seat, you better cram your ass in between those two armrests because if you pop them, sorry, lady, uh, it's not my thing. Or, or like guy a cork for that in a matter. bottle. Yes. I, I paid for my whole seat. Not, yes. Not and I, I'm not going to give it up. And, you know, and even, in, you know, you know, there's still, even with the armrest down, you got some space invasion if they're a little on the heavy side. So, you know, that's a whole different problem. But, you know, you you pay for what you get and you got to stay within the uh, stay within the box, I think, to a certain extent. All right. So there I guess we kind of all agree on keeping the armrest down. Even you. Right, Dennis? You're with that. Amazing. We agreed on one Okay. Thing. We got that much uh, resolved, and then we converted uh, Dennis on the re- seat reclinement uh, issue. 
No, you didn't uh, convert me. Oh, still think yeah, I'm, I'm with the protocol, people, but let's move on. <laughs> if I agreed we with you, we'd both be wrong. So let's just move Sebastian, on. Florida. Yeah. Wait, what? We have exciting news out of Sebastian, Florida in the last week. RV Tom can put on his Velocity Tom hat again for the first time in a while. Okay. Um, there's been some great news uh, in the new, uh, the newest uh, van, or uh, sorry, the Velocity. Right. Uh, just flew. The, the six-seater. Twin engine velocity finally flew. There you go. Yeah, we were talking about that a, a couple weeks ago. So it went well, obviously, because you're with us today. So what well, can actually, you tell us? Let me just clarify. We we've had a six. We've had a, a twin engine velocity now for for you know over a decade now. But now we have the new six seater mm-hmm. velocity. It's about twenty four inches longer, uh, more fuel capacity increase over a hundred gallons, and with the new UL motors with a turbocharge. And I got to tell you, they said when you bring the throttles up on those things and you hear the turbo spool up, uh, what a great sound! Nothing just leaped off the runway. The new UL engines are full FADAC. You don't have to worry about uh, your mixture control or anything else. It's, mm. it's just like starting the engine in your, your Honda Ridgeline. You just touch the button, they start right up. You don't have to prime them. There's no boost pumps. It's just like your car, a modern-day engine on a on a modern-day airplane. So it, did, it was fantastic. It leaped off. We had no issues with it, no uh uh, temperature problems, fuel problems, everything was just, everything worked. It was a 100% perfect flight. We're, we're happy as can be. Okay. We will have an Oshkosh. We're working on the interior right now. We're going through the task, uh, certain things we have to comply with the FAA before we take it out of its uh, geographical area where we're kind of limited to right now. But mm-hmm. we will have it at Oshkosh, and that thing is going to be the, the big kahuna when it comes to Oshkosh for winning awards this year. It's Six seats, modern engines, uh, long range. We're hoping we don't have the numbers yet. We're working on them right now. We'll have some more numbers this Friday as we do more flight tests. But we're figuring about a 239 cruise in the high, you know, high teens, low twenties. Fuel flow, you know, 15 gallons an hour total. It, it's going to be. It's going. To, we've already got uh, some probably about three or four orders for it already. And once we get that thing. It, Shown at Oshkosh, we'll probably have 10, 20 orders for that thing by, by the end of this year. And, and the fuselage is pretty wide, if I remember. So the seats are probably pretty cushy and wide. I don't know if they There's recline. There's no middle row. There's no middle row. You don't have no to worry about row. that. And, and uh, they do recline, and we're going to have cabin seating in the back. So you could adjust the seats, come out. So we could either uh, leave the two seats out in the rear if you want to carry more cargo. Like, say you want to head over to the islands and carry all your scuba gear. Or you could have all six seats on. Yeah, we'll have them facing forward, or you could have your middle seats facing backwards for, like, conference seating. So it's going to be a fantastic airplane. Well, as long as there's nobody uh, in front of Dennis, we'll be fine. So we'll plan accordingly and leave it at that for this week. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far across the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 